back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of K-Fave kickflips, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? Oh, we are living fantastic today, and uh, he did a little uh, skateboard video tribute to Scott Hall, you know, I put up there on the TikTok and the Twitter. Didn't do any flip tricks, no K-Fave flipping, but uh, st- still did a little something for the bad guy. A little something for the bad guy. We also have joining with us again for a second, third consecutive week, I think, this time? Three times? Is it three times? Third times a charm. The patron saint of the rock block, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how you living today, bud? Man, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be back with y'all and contributing again to a whole bunch of really fun wrestling talk. I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, man, we're getting into it. We are getting into it right before. This is like the cusp yeah. of WrestleMania season on the show. So we are covering, uh, for the first time ever here, the modern-day NWA. Um, and that's going to be going up against uh, 1997's WCW, which is, I guess, the um, the post-cursor to what NWA was then. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. It's a it's going to be a, a fun comparison. It's the Crockett Cup 2022 versus WCW's uncensored 1997. But before we get to the show... Before we get to the show, I got some pretty good feedback on last week's show. I thought, I think, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think that it was the best Baker's Dozen that we've had thus far. Hell yeah. I'll go ahead and agree with you on that one. It was my favorite one so far, too. Definitely agree. Best Very content. Insightful. I felt like, um, no disrespect to any of any of the other guests, they've all been amazing. But I will say that, that it, he was like so organic and real like it was like it felt like a very true conversation as opposed to like an interview i loved it i was very into it absolutely massive fan if you missed that baker's dozen episode you need to go right now and download it and listen to it it's an awesome story Uh, if you want to hear somebody that's just being genuine and telling a really genuine story about their life jesse butler headed out of the park great show dude at wretches jesse at vhs party tonight i really enjoyed it it made a lot of sense to me and i was very happy to be able to do it Definitely, man. Definitely. We love seeing these numbers slowly tick up in the downloads, too. So if you are new to the show, thank you guys so much for being here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. I don't normally do this, but reviews do matter. So if you could hit the five-star review, if you want to leave us a nice little comment and leave an actual typed review, that also helps, too. Um, If you're going to leave us anything less than a five-star, maybe just don't. Um, But, yeah. Five-star. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. The whole time. Speaking of five stars, man, it's our five star segment. It's my favorite segment of the show. It's Wexley spills the tea. Fill up my cup, baby. What you got for me? Oh, we're about to pull up right now. And the first, uh, you know, big thing we got in the news that we all heard is it's official. Cody Rhodes has signed a new deal with WWE making $3 million a year. I almost yeah. said AEW. But, yeah, he signed a new deal with WWE making $3 million a year. And I've heard that he actually is signed on as a producer too, not just a wrestler. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if that's a um, – I don't know if he's being promised certain things. I don't know, man. I mean, I could I could legit see them giving him a run and then making him like a Triple H and putting him in front of NXT. I mean, I think the whole reason why he left AEW is because he wanted to be an EVP. I, I mean, I know he still wants to wrestle, but I think he would be way more interested in being like, hey, why don't you take over NXT? He wanted um, to book. He wants John's to not honor his forever, daddy's you know? legacy in booking. Yeah, he wants to book. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, the sky's the limit. I'm I'm stoked to see if, if 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 the rumors are true, and you know, I'm never sold until I see it with my own eyes. If the rumors are true, 
Rollins versus Rhodes at Mania is going to be match of the night on whether no matter which card it's on. Like it's going to be the best match on the card, no doubt. I'll, I'll say that right now. I'm I'm stoked about it. Jesse, how you feeling about the Cody news? If they kick that entrance music at Mania, and it's the same downstate theme, everybody's going to freak out. And I, I I I hope for that moment only because it would also be rather historic. You got to look at he stepped away from WWE. He made his own shit. He did like completely helped redesign how wrestlers independently can be successful. Look at Cardona right now. He's following the exact same path and he's Mm -hmm. crushing it. Mm -hmm. So I think seeing that kind of thing come back, who knows next year we might see Zack Ryder come back. Maybe it's very possible. I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. What else we got on the T baby. So it's finally been announced after months and months and months. Veer Mahan is finally coming. I don't care. He's finally coming. The Raw after WrestleMania. It's official. He's going to debut, and uh, maybe he uh, loses to Cody. I think, yeah, he's going to get squashed by somebody. I think at this point, they, I, they, uh, I don't know. All right. Well, he, I, I kind of like, they're like, I don't care. But, yeah, he's finally coming. He's been saying he's coming for a long time, but he's he's going to come finally. Well. Finally got up. I hope yeah. it comes hard and fast. That's all I got to say. Oh, he's going to be coming real hard and fast. And, uh... <laughs> Some very interesting, kind of funny news. Uh, Ric Flair and Mike Tyson are teaming up for a cannabis venture where Ric Flair's likeness and catchphrase and stuff are going to be used in weed products that Tyson's growing because, you know, Tyson has his own farm. It's going to be like woo joints and styling and profiling edibles or, you know, shit like that. They're going to like use Ric Flair branded and themed stuff for the weed, which – Pretty cool. cool. I hope I can, you know, go to some legal place and buy one just to like have the packaging because yeah. that'd just be fucking hilarious. Mike Tyson, Ric Flair, weed. It just sounds like the conglomeration that we've all needed. The only thing that could be better than that would be Mike Tyson and Dusty Rhodes because they would just pronounce it all the same. Oh god, it'd be great. Uh, yes, yeah, so that yeah. That, maybe they'll do a little uh, Dusty Rhodes edition, something like that, and they'll call it the the fatty the fatty joint or something Hard like times. that. Speaking of Mark, uh, fuck. speaking of marketing and products, uh, WWE is launching an online like Uber Eats type restaurant for WrestleMania weekend called Smackadillas. What? <laughs> gonna serve, yeah, like it's going to be like quesadillas, but it's called Smackadillas and it's going to be like a WWE themed restaurant. It's going to be like an Uber Eats type thing or uh, DoorDash type thing. And because you know, different celebrities have their own little things like this already. Like George Lopez has like a taco thing, and yeah, 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 yeah you'll yeah, see yeah. it on like when you go on DoorDash. So they're gonna like launch one during WrestleMania weekend in like the Dallas area just to see how it goes. And if it does good, it's gonna apparently have a nationwide launch into bigger cities. Oh my god, so I some uh stone cold themed uh, tacos, or I guess, or if they have anything more than quesadillas, but I would assume you can't just have a pure quesadilla restaurant, or can you? Sure you can, but this is why WWE is never going anywhere. This is why the rumors of the sale are false. They're just going to keep making deals. They don't have to sell. You can just profit, profit, profit. Yeah, I agree. Their likeness is too big. Their Coca-Cola is a whole lot of money. And uh, I know they were interested in old Ethan Page from AEW, but he actually had a contract extension and signed one just recently. So he's going to, you know, miss for him. I think actually, I think that, I feel like AEW has been around long enough now where I like, and there are, there have been enough people released from WWE where it's like, 
I really don't feel like WWE is the worst spot for every wrestler anymore. And I, I probably did about two years ago. I probably thought I was like, no matter who you are, don't sign with WWE. But I really feel like, I mean, he's not being used well in AEW. He's just not. And it's not really necessarily his fault. There's just a ton of, of power. There's a ton of guys that are more over than he is, to be honest. Um, but maybe he knows something that we don't. And that's why he signed that contract extension. Maybe they offered him a little bit more cash. Cause they're like, no, 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 no. WWE ain't going to get their grimy little hands on you. We're going to use you. And maybe he, you know, maybe, maybe he knows what's going on. We'll see. Ethan Page is the type of guy who like, if he went back to impact and they reunited the North, I think it would like blow the internet up just a little bit enough that it would be more impactful than anything he's done in AEW so far. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or just we'll do Karate speak. Man on AEW TV. I, I mean, that alone would be amazing. Like, I would love it. Karate Man versus Danhausen and like a cinematic match. I'm, I'm yep. in. Yeah. Take all my money. That would definitely be fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> speaking of stuff that's very impactful, Jonathan Gresham, like a few days ago, maybe four or five days ago, something like that, maybe less than that, but he won the Progress World Championship, which is a promotion that's like kind of owned by WWE. And he's also holding the Ring of Honor World Championship, which is a promotion that's owned by Tony Khan. So wow. what is going on in the world of pro wrestling like right now? Like, did you it's, ever think you would crazy, see man. something like that happen? It's crazy. I mean, I I don't know if pro, I mean, I, don't, I mean, Progress, I don't think that they're I think that they have like people say there's ownership there, but I really feel like it's more of like an ECW WWF thing. I feel like they're just giving them money and like they have like a really good working relationship and they're giving them money to keep the lights on and pay other wrestlers. But I don't think they give a shit as WWE about what progress does um, creatively. But I do think this is a win for Gresham because it's like, I mean, to the internet, to the smarts, to people like us, this is why we're talking about it. Cause it's like, yeah, now you got like this company that's owned by AEW and got this company that's owned by WWE or at least partially paid for by WWE. And you're the world champion of both of their upstarts. Essentially. That's cool. That's a cool vibe. Good for him. Good for him for stirring up the buzz, but I'm not sure it means anything. If that makes sense. Other than John Gresham being probably the best technical wrestler on the face of the planet earth. Obviously. Yeah. But that's kind of a given. I, mean, I have heat with Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we all know your love of old Jordan Grace, uh, but you know Jonathan Gresham is going to be defending his title against Bandito at Supercard of Honor to like determine the undisputed champion. And they actually just announced a Jay Lethal versus. Uh, damn it, Jay Lethal is going to be going against Lee Moriarty also on that card yep. and FTR versus the Briscoes. So it's gonna FTR Briscoes is going to be my match to see for sure. Like, oh yeah, and Swerve versus Alex Zane. That's another Swerve. one. That's those are all fucking good. That's my call. Swerve versus Zane. That's going to be the dude. Yeah, Tony Khan, he's he's doing he's been booking very well lately. Dynamite Wednesday was fantastic. Like had a little bit of everything. If you like if you watched it uh Dax Harwood versus CM Punk, it was just like a good old school classic wrestling match. Wrestling. And you get that fucking crazy tornado match with Sting and Jeff Hardy yeah. and shit. And Jeff Hardy's old ass is still doing swanton bombs off of he climbed a ladder and went on top of like the fucking beam of the fucking place and then swung really onto like the fucking table. merch table. It's just a, it's just one table and a, and a human being like that's not enough. Like <laughs> two tables would have been better. That's not enough. That's not enough. Jeff Hardy's fucking insane. Like I can't believe just he's still doing shit like this at this age. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He's he's Can in you it. Imagine I'm loving like it, when Hulk Hogan went Hollywood like that old because that's pretty much where Jeff is to be completely honest. Him doing swanton bombs off the top of like the concession stand, bro. No, no, get your old ass down from there, Jeff. Come on now, 
Just give us a twist of fate. We're okay. Even the swan song bombs it. that you're doing in the ring, you're laying in totally on these dudes. You're not pulling anything. You were saving those hips, man. Hey, it was great. nice though. I enjoyed seeing that. It definitely popped me. And like everything about the show was good. The Jay lethal versus Adam Cole match was great. It had like a lot of ROH vibes and nostalgia going on with red dragon on the outside and just, you know, all the history there with them. And they were yeah. like leaning heavy into it on commentary, which I think that's great. Like you, they own that company. Why not like play into the storylines that you've got are just there for you to just, you know, use. Right. It's just perfect. The MJF Wardlow stuff is great. He's doing the, like the Vince, Mc, the Vince McMahon. I want to get out of my contract. He's like, I'm sending you home. You're not wrestling. They even took him off the AEW roster page. Nice. So they're playing into it really heavy. Yeah. I love that. That's well done. Well played, man. You need that kind of you need that kind of gaga. You need it in the real world too for that shit to work. I've always said it. And MJF's promo last night was fucking fantastic. Best promo usual. in the business right now, bar none. Best promo in the business right now. Yeah, and then bidding, one of the, f- the bidding more thing is very real. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who would not want fucking MJF on their roster? Like, right. come on now. He's the shit. And one of the fucking coolest things that happened on there last night. Uh, the whole Regal John Moxley, which eh, John Moxley, but the whole Regal Brian Moxley thing, and they're trying to recruit. They actually have a name now, the Blackpool Combat Club, which sounds pretty fucking cool. That's cool. Not gonna lie, I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't like a like you know sometimes you hear a name and you're like, eh, and then it grows on you. But this one was like, I was like, okay, that fuck that, that sounds cool. I'd wear that T-shirt. Club. That's cool. I'll tell you the one and only thing that I dislike about the name is. In the company, this is something Vince McMahon would never allow to his credit, which is having the Blackpool Combat Club and House of Black in the same scenario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of counter-market one another. And it's it's a – they just sound too similar. It's just one of those things. Yeah, just – I I will say the fucking – Blackpool is there. Club is such a cooler name, and it makes so much more sense. And if you ever watch any documentaries about William Regal, there's a really, really, really great one that's available for free on YouTube. And, man, it is stellar. It's just so amazing. And William Regal, a legend in the business, I put him on my Mount Rushmore when yep. we did our Mount Rushmore bonus content episode. He did, he did that. And I absolutely fucking mean it. Yeah. What else we got? Right. What else we got for me? Uh, pretty much in the main wrestling news, that's it. Uh, kind of in local wrestling, we just want to have a reminder. We got a Southern Underground Pro show coming up. Yes. That we talked about on the last podcast. And uh, what's that uh, date again there, Jesse? It is Sunday, April the 17th at the Basement East. Southern Underground Pro presents New Direction. It is our previous Baker's Dozen guest, Jesse Butler's last go with Southern it's Underground weird Pro. it's weird that they're doing a show on easter sunday and it's not like an easter sunday like name i mean you know I, what I mean i don't think it's weird i'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure probably nobody even thought that it was easter sunday dude i <laughs> had no fucking clue it was easter yeah. you said that that date man i was just like all right april yeah okay well yeah, you know it's like a national it was easter. Thing, so like people are gonna know I mean. <laughs> but no there i mean we we've got you know damian tangra and our, uh, our other friend of the podcast a uh, guy who wexley and i have gotten to call multiple matches for mr alex kane the fucking suplex assassin yes. going against violence is forever dominic greeny and kevin Koo. there are a handful of other matches that have been announced i'm kind of waiting on we're gonna do a lineup rundown once it all is done and it's gonna be really fun 
And uh, speaking of Southern Underground Pro, one of the wrestlers who's wrestled there, who also wrestled for Revive Pro Wrestling, that uh, me and Jesse used to do some calling for, Peyton Paulson, the human BB gun. He just announced he's going to be a Diddy. A Diddy. A Diddy. Wow. He's going to have him some him, kids. Man. Well, a kid. You know, not kids. I mean, you never know. He may have kids, but he is officially having one kid as of now. And I just want to say congratulations. Hats off, indeed. Welcome to Dadland. Uh, we're just keeping it dad core over here. No big deal. Um, I yeah. have a baby's tattoo, so I can't say shit except congratulations, Peyton Paulson. Yeah, exactly. I'll say congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> More children for you guys to have and me and Jesse not to have. God damn right. <laughs> it's all good, man. But speaking of shows that I watched when I was a child – um, 1997 is one of my favorite years. It is like, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've said it on this show, but including the WCW. I mean, this is like the, the best parts of that company. I mean, 96, 97 into a little bit into 98. That's the best stuff from WCW. So we're going to kick it off here with 1997's, uh, uncensored from WCW. Um, the show opens up with like a very, very nineties, like graphic looking opening package. The rundown was hilarious. Um, very cheesy, but like in the most nine, late nineties way, um, dusty, Tony and Bobby were on the call and dude from the get go, like dusty and Bobby, just their banter back and forth was so good on this show. Like amazing. Oh just my God. It was so good. Raid a S tier. Oh yeah. Sometimes dude. Cause honestly, sometimes those three man boosts at WCW were, were misses, but this one dude, dusty was on point. Bobby was on point. Really good. I'll say this. I everyone always talks about their combination of commentators and all that fun stuff. I think a lot of the three man booth stuff at WCW is severely underrated. Like Bobby and Dusty alone, their yeah. banter back and forth, and then watching Tony try to be the straight man while he's yes. making sure his fucking high chairs above everybody is yes. stellar. Oh, so good. So good. Cause it's like Dusty and Bobby are just pretty much off the rails the entire show. And Tony's just like trying to talk about what's happening in the ring. But then they all end up talking about, you know, Hulk Hogan or the main event that night. And it's like, whatever. But it's so funny because it's really just Dusty, like genuinely bickering with Bobby and Bobby, like almost feeling like he's getting genuinely heated, like, which is just, it's just really fun. It's hard not to get distracted, but honestly, some of these matches are probably rated higher because the commentary was so entertaining. Dude. Um, so good. But we'll That's get to it. some Opening of these matches, match I only gave him a rating because of the commentary. So, yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, nice, nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. the opening match here, though, is an absolute classic. It's Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero for the WCW United States Championship. Uh, match started off hot, and it's le- legit a Matt class- classic. Like when people say, you know, what is a Matt classic? This is one of them. Go check this out. It's the opening match, WCW 1997 Uncensored. Um I, the only only bad thing I have to say about this match is the is just the creative. We're like halfway into the match. They just cut to a segment and the NWO is in the back. And I'm like, <sighs> of all matches for you to do that in, like this is probably going to be your best bell to bell technical match. This is not the one like and not the opener either. Why would you do that in the opening match? Like, I don't know. That just seemed like a miss creatively. Um, overall, match undeniably good. Um, yeah, finish was a little overbooked, uh, but it was OK. Uh, still very good, borderline great. If it wouldn't have had the NWO and it would have had a stronger finish, it would have been a great match. Uh, I gave it four and a quarter. Four <sighs> and a quarter for me. So very, very good, but not quite great. Um, these guys had, bad, had better matches. Um, Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I gave it four and a half. Okay, Ooh, nice. You got a, but a swig beer more, yeah. I absolutely could not agree more about the overbooked finish. I really hate that. 
all of that detracted. However, one thing that we do have to consider, we can say that the reason this sucked is it was overbooked in the presence of the NWO, but at the same time, the NWO kind of saved wrestling on both sides at that time. So it's kind totally. of like, well, what do we, totally. you know, that's kind of, it, it's a hard call. This match was very hard fought. It was super stiff. It was intense. And mm-hmm. I really, really loved rewatching this match. Yeah, man. I mean, can't say enough good things about it. Wex, where are you at on it? Dude, me and you, winner, winner, chicken dinner on the first one. I also gave it four and a quarter beers. And it was absolutely fantastic. Like, everything about it was just, like, methodical, stiff, and brutal, yeah. but, like, mm-hmm. still had the big had, – had the high-flying spots, like, here, there. Still had the big power moves yes. and their chemistry, like, their counters and reversals. Just everything mm-hmm. about this match was fantastic. And yeah. – Dusty on commentary, like Bro. him talk about stomping mud holes. Ah, just yep. he was he was making himself excited. Like it, it, he dude, was just I, get, it was fucking great. And just, I have the exact same notes. The only thing that sucked about this match was the fucking pitcher and pitcher segment of the NWO yeah. and the finish with X Pac. Like didn't need any of that. And it like probably could have been four, like closer to five beers if it wasn't. Yeah, for that I agree. Bullshit. I agree. It, I think it would have been it closer great. to five beers like, for sure. Yeah, one of the best like Dean Malenko matches I think I've ever seen. Bro, that point where fucking Eddie hits the rail. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my brutal. God. It's br- it was brutal. It's very stiff. On that fucking like crab knee bar, just like, ah, oh, it was so oh, good. Man. It's Yeah, I mean, it's undeniably match of the night on this card. Like, we're blowing our oh. load early. It is definitely the match of the night. Um, but yeah, let's just keep it rolling here. We got a lot to cover. Uh, mean Gene um, was out there peddling the, uh, the WCW hotline like he does. Um, and then Piper got some promo time. And it was actually very good. I remember like... I, like I was like kind of expecting it to be ch- really bad Roddy Piper because uh, he was kind of cheese at this moment. And he was like kind of had a reputation at this point in 97 of like going over his time and just rambling about Hulk Hogan. But like <laughs> this was really good. Like this. Th- I was like, whoa, he, he hit one like on the nail. Like he probably hit his time. It was very good. Um, then Jarrett and Horseman came out. So it was like Horseman light, really. Um, and I don't know. The segment was it was good, but it went on too long. And so it like felt like it dragged. Um, so the promo with, with Piper was good, but the, you know, the diet horseman out there, that, that part kind of sucked. Um, yeah, the next match is psychosis versus Ultimo dragon though. Wex back to you, man. What'd you think about this one? Dude, it was a very solid match. And just because the other match was so good, like, I think that's just what hurt it a little, but besides that, like it was really good. And apparently it was their first ever singles meeting and, there was a few little stutter steps there, but it wasn't too bad. And Sonny Ono was great at this time. I lo- I love the heel work from him, like the the kick. And then, dude, the commentary again in this match, like the particle boards. <laughs> I was literally like yeah. audibly just laughing out loud watching this shit at work on my phone. Like this is fucking killing me. WCW. And, uh, that that leg drop was kind of botched to the outside, so that kind of took a little bit, like took it away just a little bit. And dude, that sick ass finisher, the tornado DDT, but it wasn't like what I know as a tornado DDT, but that's what they called it. But it was really fucking sick. This match really could have been on any show in 2022. I went 3.75 beers just because Ooh. it couldn't quite get over the hump for me, but I I really enjoyed it. Those are just a few little things that took it down for me. Jesse, where you at on it? Man, I. <sighs> I want a straight three for all the same reasons that Wex just said. The other biggest botch, that attempt at an avalanche hurricanrana, and 
how they've really tried to redo that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I, I admire them, but good God, that was a little hard to watch. <laughs> uh, I, I think Ultimo Dragon is one of the unsung pioneers. Uh, he's sung by the Marks, but unsung in terms of people who do not know. Sure. I wish he was one of the labors of Jericho, to be honest. I like. Oh, I would have rather. That would have been so good. I'd have rather seen him than Hoovy. Definitely. Sure. Definitely. And I love Hoovy, but Hoovy's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather seen Liger or like like he said him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would have made more sense. I, I went straight down the middle. The thing is, I love the match. I thought it was a great contest. I do think it, the booking suffered. Here because it was back to back. Nobody that was watching WCW at this point in time cared about what these guys were doing at all, at all. And, and there's it, no title were, on the line, so it's just both, a random cruiserweight match. Yep, they were both really great matches, and they're like, "Look at that guy in the mask right there, hell yeah!" And which is fine, but I don't know. It's right down the middle for me. I do love Sonny Ono though. I um, I'm. It's rare that I do this, but I'm the negative Nancy here, man. I thought oh, I, I like Psychosis and I like Ultimo Dragon, and I thought this match sucked. I thought they didn't have very good chemistry. I thought everything they did looked clunky. I thought the, some of the moves were cool, but they didn't like none of them were cleanly done. Like none of them. Like the, I thought the botches were like really obvious, but I felt like they had no tempo. The flow of the match was just really awkward, and it the match was so long. Like Jesus Christ, it felt like it went on forever. And way too much Sony Ono. Like, too, way too much Sony Ono. I mean, it wasn't the drizzling shits, but it was below average to me. I gave it two beers. Um, yeah, Ooh. didn't like it. Didn't like it. I mean, you're not far off from us. No, yeah. not that far off. Not that far off. Um, again, we get, you know, peddling Mean Gene out there panhandling that uh, that hotline. Dude, how um, much money did he make off of that hotline? I want to know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I know one Fuck. weekend they made, like, $75,000 because they said that uh, a former NWA champion is, had died and everybody thought it was Ric Flair and called in, but it was just some fucking random. Yeah, got dude, like I forget who it was but, or something like that. Yeah, but they made a fuck ton of money, though. You just always yeah. have to remember one nine hundred nine hundred. Yeah, he yeah, <laughs> he had a substantial stake in it, though. I know that for a fact. Yeah, that was his, um, it, that was a big endeavor for him. He also, I mean, he clearly afforded to try and buy spray tan for his liver spots and shit at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see that all over. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the promo that he did here though um, with DDP and then the Macho Man kind of had his. I thought Macho Man did a great like promo himself. Nailed it. I delivery. really like this guy. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, it was well done by everybody. I felt like good job there. Good wrestling. Good wrestling, good soap. Uh, and then the next thing here, oh boy, the next <laughs> match on the card, it's Mortis with the Sinister Minister versus Glacier in a martial arts match. Okay, it's a martial arts match, right? Yeah. The martial rules didn't change rules. at all. Like, not one thing changed. It was just a wrestling match. Like Exactly. I no, was so like, confused. I was like, why is this called, called a martial <laughs> Like, what is happening here? What is even happening? <laughs> Did you just say martial arts? Match. Like, what is Mar- that? What, what, what word just came out of your mouth? Like, Mar- hey, Wexley, martial arts. I couldn't could even get it out because I was laughing so hard. It was just, yeah, I would, uh, like, I, I have this, this exact fucking note. Like, what is, I was like, what makes this a martial arts match? Like, it's just a regular match. Okay, okay. This is what I'm going to say, though. After I'm done shitting on the gimmick, 
on the gimmicks of both guys, the bell to bell was not nearly as bad as it could, as I expected it to be like the actual wrestling. No one cared. Like no one cared. And they're legitimately like legitimately dressed up like mortal Kombat characters. Right. So it's super silly, but the actual wrestling really wasn't bad. And I was like, it's not these guys fault. They're, they're saddled with this terrible gimmicks. Like, and like the match was decent. It was wrestled decent, but still it was so bad. Like on the other end, I gave it a beer and a half. Like, and I felt like I was being nice. I feel like a beer and a half is nice because they did not. I mean, the finish was nice. Everything was good. It was a nice little baby face, whatever. Uh, beer and a half from me. Jesse, where you at on? Man, I had to give it a full two. And you got to keep in mind, Glacier at this point in time was kind of green still. Like, For sure. You know, it, and he trains dudes now. He's part of the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. From what I hear on all accounts, great guy. You can't. You're not gonna be sub zero, bro. No. Like it's just one of those things. It's Thousand percent. Like, nope. Your finisher nope. the fucking cryonic kick, and it, God it, it delivered it. the shittiest fucking way that anybody's ever seen. Oh. Poor Chris Canyon, man. Like Chris Canyon. Also, at this point, there was a buckshot lariat in this match, and I. Oh yeah, yeah. And I totally didn't even. I never would have thought of that at all until I rewatched it and I was like, holy shit. Oh, dude, Canyon's one of the unsung heroes, bell to bell in the ring. Again, innovated. I mean, I love Chris Canyon. He's one of my favorite wrestlers ever, but like, I didn't, even I didn't fucking remember that. (laughs) It was great. Uh, James Mitchell, Sinister Minister, totally killed it. I don't know. I had to give it a full two only because everyone involved gave it the good old college try. Definitely. That's what I'll, yeah. We're only half a beer off, and you gave it more than I did. What's happening to me? I'm becoming a curmudgeon old man. Wex, what do you think about this one? I went a little bit higher than both of you. I went two and a half beers on this, and like I literally pretty much have the same notes. I like I put I didn't expect it to be very good, but it wasn't too bad. It was actually pretty solid. Yeah. And like I have another note that says pretty solid work rate with goofy costumes. Like yes, that's a great that's a, that's like the 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 long and short of it pretty much. That's all. And they call the super duper karate kick. Yeah. And then Adam Bomb comes out of nowhere. Adam Bomb. I actually thought it was great. Dude. I thought it was great. Like the debut of Wrath. Like I was like, okay, at least they're gonna like continue. Like at least it's not just these two dudes. Like you know what I mean? Like I remember they them trying to have like Kombat a Mortal Kombat stable. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing to consider: everyone else in that crowd that was watching Southern Wrestling at that point in time, they were like, yeah, WCW, WCW, whatever. We don't give a fuck. Where's Hulk Hogan? They thought. The first two matches were just dudes in costumes. And then they saw this and were like, oh, it's white dudes in costumes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah, they thought, lot, though. You're totally right. You're not even, I mean, that's, it's sad, but totally true. Like, they knew there was a difference, but realistically, like, there's no difference. Like, no, they were like, Mortal like, Kombat, dude. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Dude. I mean, I, okay, I will say this, dude. Like, nothing was more over, like, to a 12 year old kid in 1997 than Mortal Kombat, the video game, period. Sure, dude. Like, I mean, it was, it was hot. So, like, I can't blame them for trying to capitalize on that. But at the same time, you got to just think it through, bro. I just uh, – you got to think it through. I, I still uh, – to be honest, right now, 2022, fucking – I went to see the Mortal Kombat movie in theaters. Yep, me too. I still like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I was playing it back then on Sega, and I'm still playing it on Switch now. So we love some Mortal Kombat. So we go to the back, and there's, like, a VHS thing of, like, the NWO running Steiner off the road. And I thought this was an amazing segment. I was Dude, like, I love it. It was like, great. I was like, this is super good. Like, this is really good TV. This is good creative. Like, like first of all, 
And then I realized that I'm watching a pay-per-view, right? And I'm like, okay, this is like, you you wasted this. This should have been on TV. Like this is, especially since you guys were, oh, you know, Eric Bischoff all the time. We didn't, you know, pay-per-views are really more for the fans and the live game, but really it was all about the rating. That's why all of our big show rating, blah, blah, blah. But then you don't sick to be on TV. You're right. It should have been on TV. Like, anyway, I thought it was awesome. Like it, it felt very real. It felt very well done too. Like. Scott Hall. And the whole thing is literally a, all you see is the dashboard and you see like Steiner a little bit, but all you hear is Scott Hall and six. And so he's pretty much cutting a promo on like running a dude off the road. <laughs> Still managed to sound super cool. Cool as hell. And also like made it fit into a wrestling angle. Like, and it's like, dude, there's nobody else. Nobody else besides Scott Hall could have been that person. Like just nobody. Like he's the only one. He's the only one. And it was so good. This segment like if I could give a segment a beer rating six pack, thought it was awesome. Like really well done. I would say this segment probably beats the ever loving dog shit overall out of every match on either show that we're talking about. I would yeah, agree. The segment for sure as hell beats the match. Boom. Oh we'll yeah, here we go. There. Here we go. Here we. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, hey. Ah, ah, ah. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, the next match here is <laughs> Buff Bagwell versus Scotty Riggs. It's a strap match. So uh, it's a strap match. Commentary was. This this is the sh- this is the match where Dusty and Bobby like dude Bobby said something and I can't remember what the actual words were but literally Dusty started cackling like and he couldn't stop it was like he had the tickle bug and it was just so funny to hear him laugh outside of just like Dusty Rhodes laugh it's like he was legit tickled like yeah, somebody he was, had he was like tapped his funny bone I, I he think was it's lit- when they were like, talking about a sack of concrete maybe. I swear to God, at one point he was like, I'm going to pee or something like that. Like he, like he just couldn't stop. Like it was just too much. Like, Oh man, couldn't stop. It was now I will say this too. The match was better than I expected it to be like the, like the Mortis match, whatever. Um, and I, to be honest, I thought buff sold better than I expected him to. And definitely better than he did as he went on. Like he became one of the wor- like notoriously terrible at selling. Uh, but I, I mean, maybe it's cause him and Scotty had a history and they were buddies or whatever. But I mean, to me, this is the best Scotty Riggs has ever looked. It looked like at the end of this match, I felt like he did a pretty good job of, of, of trying to get Riggs over. I, I didn't go above average with it, but I went right down the middle on this one. I gave it three beers. Um, Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I, agreed. Exactly. The whole thing. It's funny because, like, Scotty Riggs had total fucking shoe show uniform on. Oh, like if, like if you think Bale, Jeff baby. Jarrett ever dressed like an asshole, look at Scotty Riggs in this match. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> lie. Dude, it's funny because this was the transition for Marcus Buff Bagwell, who was purported to be a babyface in the early 90s. Like that was the yeah. whole deal. Team with Riggs, but also team with Scorpio. Yeah. And that whole thing was like, you can go back and watch those matches where he fucking dances a Scorpio and shit like that. And you're like, all right, I, I like, I kind of get where they're going with this. Never a great worker. He has calf implants. His mom called in sick for him. And that's what I think about Buff Bagwell. However, <laughs> match was very good. I feel like Buff Bagwell is the story of the guy that like progressively got worse bell to bell somehow. Like, it's like the more over he got, he like, cause I, I would argue that like those 94, 95 matches, like he was pretty damn good. Like he was pretty good bell to bell. Then I feel like, I, I feel like the NWO thing. I feel like those guys were getting his ear and they're like, yeah, bro, you don't have to work so hard. Speaking <laughs> of not working hard, Wex, what do you think about this one? Man? Uh, I mean, it is what it is here. Like I said, it's a Buff Bagwell match. And honestly, his best matches I've ever seen or ever covered are against Scotty Riggs. Like, 
Uh, yeah, like, I think just so. like you guys were saying, like they so. had the best chemistry, and I'm just not a fan of the bullwhip gimmick, like the strap match or whatever, like touching the four corners. I just don't like that, and it's like I just don't like this gimmick. But they did a pretty good job. Like I love some of like his overselling was kind of funny to me. Yeah, and I mean it was just a whip fest with a few bumps there, you know, whatever. I didn't go quite as high as you guys did with three beers, but I gave it two and a half. It was it was it was all right, pretty fun. I- I will say as a whole, this WCW show did surprise me. I don't think I have any outright duds on the show. No, uh, um, well, uh, no, 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 not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. Wait, great foreshadowing there, Wex. Let's uh, let's keep it going. Damn, let's keep it going. Uh, there's the NWO promo in the back. It's kind of off the cuff, but it's also kind of great. Uh, Macho's in there at this point, and he's like, he's just keeping it down the whole time just being cool brother and it's like it was very cool like i actually really enjoyed it even though it wasn't really about anybody it was just i guess a way for them to get more time on tape but it, it worked it was good for it was cool and w was cool it was what it was the next match was shit it was harlem heat versus public enemy it's a hardcore match it's awful um it's gimmicks on gimmicks it felt like russo was booking the show um, again, Dusty laughing and then at the toilet seat, like crack on the he, head. He's got a commode. Um, he's got a commode. Lid. He's got a commode around his head. <laughs> oh God. It was so good. It was. And Bobby was just going with it. Like, Oh yeah, we can't do that. He's kissing, kissing the porcelain. And he's like, uh, and he's like legit getting mad for the heel and Dusty just can't handle it. He's dude. The match sucks. No chemistry. Amazing, amazing, amazing commentary though. Um, I don't know, man. After the interference, this is my lowest rated match. I gave it a beer. I gave it one beer. Um, lowest rated match on the entire card for me. What? Uh, you know what? Take your pick. Wex, where you at on it? I'm right there with you. Right there, agree with you. One beer. And literally, it says one beer for Dusty and Brain. Very, very funny yep. comedy gold. Ugh. Yeah, if you want to go, guys want to go have around fun. His <laughs> if you don't care about actually watching wrestling in the ring, because this match is literally just garbage. Pure garbage. Ugh. Like, I've never seen a good public enemy match ever. Every time I've ever watched them, it's just been fucking just this garbage. But if you want to just have fun and laugh, listen to the commentary. He's like, he's got a pizza pan. He's got a pizza pan. Oh, he's got the little pizza pan. (laughs) He got that toilet bowl wrapped around his head. He's like, it's a war. He, he was Tony. Yeah, Tony trying to like, oh, there's so much violence. And while, meanwhile, Dusty is just like, And they had this stupid little mini pitcher and pitcher type thing. And I was watching on my phone, so I couldn't see a fucking thing. And then just the horrible table spot. And then like Mongo and Jeff Jarrett come out. It just it was fucking it was shit. It was shit, shit booking, shit wrestling. Booker T and Stevie Ray deserve better than having to work this trash. Uh, yeah, agreed. One beer for the commentary. Poor sons of bitches went on to have to wrestle Jeff Jarrett and Mongo. Good Lord. Uh, Jesse, what do you think about it? The Holy Trinity once again agrees. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> gave it one. The Chicken dinner. Most of the reason that I gave it one. Harlem Heat. We're in 1997 right here. They are at the cusp of like where they need to work and how they need to work. However, the Public Enemy thing coming over from ECW that was exciting to me because it, it was kind of an initial sign that. This was going to happen, but the match was fucking trash. Oh, so bad. It was so, so bad. bad. Listening to Dusty Rhodes, only reason I gave it one. 
That's fair. It, That's fair enough. It literally had no sense of cohesion at all. It was just random weapon weapon shots and moves, just left and right. Look, I can listen to yeah. Dusty Rhodes say commode a thousand times. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah. I could forever. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, definitely. I could listen. Oh, to he, just he a, got the, he I got could like not watch it and have it on the background and just listen to commentary every day for the rest of my life and probably not be not entertained by it. I feel like it would always be good. Um, he after that, thimbled. we have they got thimbled. Oh, he thimbled his thorny ass. <laughs> he called, he, he said his thorny ass. It's so good. And Bobby's like, "What? What'd you say?" Oh, man. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, yeah, so the promo with Steiner, Lex, and Giant in the back. It's terrible. It's not a good promo. Oh, my God. Um, it's, a Ste- can... it's Steiner and Lex Luger cutting promos. Oh, yeah. That's all you got I mean, say. honestly, honestly, Paul White was the best best part of it. Um, the next match here, though, is Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Prince Ikeo for the WCW Television Championship. Uh, the match was okay. Um, Prince is not a great wrestler. Um but he's had good matches with, with, with really good opponents. And obviously, Ray is a great opponent. It just – this felt weird because it was a double babyface match. But the spots were like they were supposed to be double babyface. No one cared or they were significantly more for Ray. So it was – it just didn't work. And then when they did like the double babyface angle, like add more time – uh, because, you know, like, oh, I respect you and whatever. And then he's still like, I don't know. It, I just thought it was poorly booked, probably poorly placed on the card, too. Again, not really uh, against the workers here because the actual bell to bell was good, but it felt real flat. Um, crowd didn't seem into it. And then the weak try to, like, get more emotion into the match kind of made it even more cheese to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I gave it um, a beer and three quarters, maybe even go all the way up to two beers, but I can't go more than two on it. Um Wex, where you at on Mysterio Jr. versus Ikea? I actually went a little bit higher because I didn't think the work rate necessarily was bad. And like, I've never really watched any Prince Ikea matches except for maybe some of the stuff like in late WCW and maybe some of that cruiserweight shit. I think he was in that, but uh, yeah. just it, he wasn't too bad. Prince Ikea. Yeah. Oh yeah, the artist formerly known. Yep. But like, I have the same note. The placement on the card made this suffer because we just watched this complete chaos fuck fest. And then we go to people having try, like trying to have a real wrestling match. Yeah. And the crowd literally did not give a single fuck about this match. It was no. silent yeah. the entire time, which sucked because like they were actually doing some cool shit. And like every time yeah, Ray would bad, do a yeah. cool move, like they just did nothing. And like I agree, the restart was fucking lame. It just nah. I will say, uh, I feel like Excalibur is the modern day Mike Tanay, and Jr. is the modern day Brain. Yeah. After listening to some of their back and forth, and about Tony's like, just Tony. <laughs> what's that move? Yeah, and Tony's still just being Tony. So it's it's really funny just to see those parallels. Exactly right, Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just went two and a half beers, not much higher. All right, where are you at on it, Jesse? Man, I had to give it a solid two only because I do respect the work rate. However, the talent weren't the problem here. To me, it was exactly the placement. What they did yeah. with the popcorn match stuff. I agreed. As much as I love Eric Bischoff and his business mind, you have to look at yep. this and understand that it's not placed well. This did not make right. any sense. And you had two cruiserweight matches, <laughs> and then everything else we covered, and then another one. Yeah. This is not the yeah. ginger on your plate of sushi. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a fucking taste cleaner. And it was good, but. It really undersold both talent. I agree. 
I agree fully. Um, the last thing that's on here is we got a pretty like funny and awesome like cinematic ad for Spring Stampede with like Ric Flair and like oh yeah that was almost great. like a movie trailer and I was like oh that's cool I like that like I was like I'm into that I'm I'm kind of pumped to see like Spring Stampede now because I hope packages are like that. Um, but yeah, so the next match I literally wrote like multi man mashup because I still didn't understand what the actual like thing was. Like, yeah, mine says three way fuck match. Yeah, yeah, I, I literally, I literally put like multi man matchup, um, and it's so like it like Bruce Buffer. I swear to God, took half an hour just trying to explain what was going to happen. Like I, I don't, I think that's the most I've heard him speak ever. Like he was just trying to walk you through like shoots and ladders rules of this match or whatever. It was ridiculous, man. It's like it's like he was spouting off the Monopoly rule book. Like no one knows all the rules of Monopoly, but Bruce Buffer's trying to give you all the rules of this multi man mashup, and it's just. I don't know. It's overproduced for sure. I mean, listen, at this point, like WCW is known for like the storyline, right? NWO, um, the, the cultural reference and their undercard being great, but their main events kind of being lackluster belt to bell. And this was no different. It wasn't a very good match belt to bell. I mean, Benoit had a nice little segment in there with Hall and Giant, uh, but that's what after that happened. The actual ring work was not very good the rest of the time. Now, the Sting finish was a nice touch that ha- added a lot, and the crowd went ape shit when Sting came out. So that definitely raised the rating for me. But that being said, it was so subpar to begin with. Like, I gave it two and a quarter beers, but at least one solid beer is for Sting. Um, so really I'd say the match itself is about a beer and a quarter. And then this, the crazy chaos with sting is a whole nother beer for me. Um, but that's where I'm at on it. what do you think about the main event, Wex? I mean, you pretty much covered it. Like the in-ring work wasn't that great. Like it started when you start off with Scott Hall and Benoit and I was like, okay. And, and giant, know, they, they giant, and, yeah. Well, yeah, and giant and like they did a few moves and giant came in and then like once the fourth person came in, it just kind of like broke down from there. Yeah, and it was kind of all over the place. Like Giant got eliminated, but I didn't know if he was actually eliminating. Commentary was confused too. It was just yeah. too much going on. They it was just over, like you said, just overbooked as fuck. Seeing Sting was cool. I gave it two beers. Jesse, what do you think about the main man? <sighs> Sat at two, two whole beers. Two whole beers. All right, we got a, another winner. Winner. Two whole beers. Well, it can't can't echo everything else enough. Just overbooked, and to be honest, I'm sitting here saying I feel like it was all like the epitome of a Dusty Rhodes match. Yeah. <laughs> While he's on commentary, and I love these on commentary, but ugh, sometimes it's so overbooked. Yeah. yeah, it's just too much. And I mean, I get why they did it. You want to get all these guys on the show. Um, you know, NWO as a gang essentially is like the mo- the hottest thing. You're not going to have another Hogan singles match here. Um, it made sense. It's just didn't really quite work out the way they had hoped, I think. And that's actually going to lead us to our next show. It's the NWA Crockett cup from 2022. Um, night one, to be totally honest with you guys was pretty much a wash. It was a, all it was, was just, um, the pretty much the preliminary and the quarterfinal matches of the Crockett cup itself. There is some good wrestling on there. Lots of really bad wrestling on there. If you get a chance and you want to check it out buy the bundle, it's worth it to have the other night. There were some decent matches. Um, the Pope match was good. Uh, the dirty dango boys or the dirty sexy boys, um, had a pretty good match with the Briscoes on there too. So there, there was some good stuff. And overall, the Blue Meanie was on there. Yeah, Blue Meanie was on there with uh, yeah, with uh, Aaron Stevens. Um, it was what it was. Yeah, somebody got a concussion. <laughs> yeah, all that being said, night two is <laughs> the really opening match, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> 
we got like I think we have like semis and then the main final match here, and then we've also got uh, the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship, the National Championship, the Women's Championship, and uh, the World Championship. So the TV title, don't forget and the TV about title. That yeah, TV so title. all the titles were defended here, which is cool, um, except for the tag titles, but it's Crockett Cup. Anyway, let's dive right into it. Um, there's the same opening package for both nights, and that's okay. Uh, kind of keeps continuity for the event. Galley and Storm, I like. I genuinely thought Tim Storm did a great job and has been doing a great job as he transitioned to commentary. He definitely has a very believable feel to it. He has that old school kind of um, almost uh, like gorilla kind of vibe to him, but not as animated as gorilla. You know what I mean? Or maybe like a Lance Russell type vibe, type vibe to him. Um, yeah, now, Velvet Sky draw. is useless. There's nothing that she does that makes anything better. So I don't – I really disliked every bit of her being on commentary. Um, but, yeah, those are the two guys that did a great job. The opening match for night two is the Cardonas versus the Briscoes in the semi-main. Uh, Mike Knox at this point looks like a great value version of Doc Gallows, and it's really weird. Um, it's like overall, it's a solid tag match. It's a solid Briscoe style tag match, which really just means that the babyface work like a heel way. Like they isolate the heel and just beat the shit out of him, but there's no heat. The crowd just stays hot the whole time for them, and they get tons and tons of shine. And then their actual heat lasts for 30 seconds, and then there's a hot tag. They beat him up some more, and then the Briscoes win. But that formula works. It's all, it's almost like a very Legion of Doom formula for them. It's a goddamn um, Roll Express. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, Rock and Roll yeah. Express, too, to, to an extent. Um, but I, I went three and a half beers. I thought it was well done. I thought VSK is an underrated worker, probably one of the better guys on the roster at this point. And, you know, Mike Knox, I mean, he didn't work bad, but he does straight up look exactly like Doc Gallows at this point in his career. It's really weird. It's really weird. Um, yeah. what do you think about the Cardona's and the Briscoes? Did you get to check out much of that, Jesse? Yeah. I, I mean, I gave it three. I was dead middle. Same stuff. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. Good. I didn't quite go that high on this match. I did go 2.75, almost a three. Uh, pretty good. You got to see a little doomsday device. And like, I knew the Briscoes were going to win. Like as soon as I saw the other team come out and I'm like, Mike Knox and who, who's, who the fuck is VSK? I know who he is, but you know, like, yeah, this, this is not like a real tag team and the Briscoes right. are established. So I just knew yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, I agree. The next match is very similar. It's part of the bracket. It's Williams, uh, Doug Williams and Harry Smith or Davy boy Smith jr. Here. Um, the no, he's just Harry Smith in this. I think it was just Harry. Is Smith. he just Harry Smith? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the Commonwealth Collective or whatever connection. I think is what they're called. The Commonwealth Connection. Commonwealth Connection, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus La Rebellion, and they are the actual Ring of Honor um, NWA tag right now. NWA. I, I don't. Oh yeah, yeah. NWA. Sorry, my bad. NWA Tag Team Champions. Sorry, I'm losing it here, man. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. throw it out here. The Commonwealth Collective is British. If anybody's confused. Yes, they are. Yes. British guys. The connection. Commonwealth Connection. Yeah. I don't even know where I'm at right now. I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, anyway, yeah, they're the uh, the NWA Tag Team Champions, La Rebellion is. Um, I didn't know much about them. I thought that this match was a very big styles clash. Like, it just didn't seem to work. Um, to be honest, uh, there was some painfully awkward spots. Smith and Williams both looked pretty beat up and honestly looked, both looked pretty slow uh, and banged up. Hopefully it was just injury. Um, but the opener was really hard to follow too. This match was below average for sure. Uh, I went a beer and a half on it. Um, I didn't think it was very good. Did not like it very much. Uh, Wex, where you at on it? 
I went a little bit higher than that. I went 2.25, two and a quarter beers. Okay. And I like some of the contrast of the styles, but you're right, dude. Williams and uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Harry Smith, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they did look fucking beat up. And yeah. I don't think they looked as rough on the night one match that I watched. I think they were actually like probably hurt. Yeah, I think they did. And he had all that tape on his shoulder. It was their fault, but yeah, yeah. And he's just, I mean, Doug Williams is looking old now, looking real old these days. The dude is old. He's old. Yeah, he is pretty old, but he's looking at old. Like, you know, some people are old, but they don't look old. He's looking old, and he's moving like he's old. And uh, I was very surprised they had them win since La Rebellion are the tag team champions. I would at least have them go to the finals. So that was surprising that they won. So there's that. I, I was surprised. I mean, I guess they're giving them a push. Maybe they will be, uh, t- you know, challenging for the tag titles. I would assume that. And they're part of uh, the whole British invasion stable with uh, Nick Aldis. Oh, okay. Which is an old TNA stable, if you remember that. With oh, Doug Williams, yeah. him, and who was that other guy, the big guy? Who was in the... Oh, uh, A1? No, A1? I remember A1. him, but I don't think no, it was A1. A1. Oh, that was Canada. That was Canada. Yeah, that was Canada. No, the big, the big like uh, buff guy who Rob Terry. Rob Terry. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. He was in that stable. Yeah, the guy that looked like he had actual balloons for arms. Like his arms didn't even make sense. It was like like Popeye cartoons. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, Let's keep it rolling here. Uh, We got a decent promo from the Pope. Um, and yeah, it just didn't really seem to go anywhere. It's like nothing. It's almost like they gave them like everybody that had promos. It was like. You're not, we're not even, you don't have a match. So we're just going to like, you go out there and you just get yourself over kid, you know, just say what you need to say. You're not in a program with anybody. So just say something about nothing, I guess. That's what it that's, felt like here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interject right now. That's kind of a good thing. Like that's something that people need to go do that. And people aren't given the chance to do that a lot anymore. Outside. of, I would agree. People. But the Pope, like he's been around for 15 years. Like we're, what, what, what are we going to? I, it didn't help him. Like I would agree if it was like some like under, undercard guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will say that they make lots of horrible decisions by just keeping older, less good wrestlers in these spots. They could be putting bigger names and younger guys, which we'll talk about in the upcoming next few matches. So let's yeah. let's get yeah, into here it. We go. Let's get into it. It's Jax Dane versus Anthony Merriweather for the NWA National Championship. Uh, formerly known as Crimson. Um, I have, I have, yeah, I have zero desire to see this match. I can't imagine anybody on earth wanting to watch this match for any reason. Um, Crimson has always had go away heat with me. Um, he's just so bland and I feel like he's a good fit for uh, control your narrative soon. Uh, but anyway, it was very boring. Um, I get that it's a grudge match, but again, if no one gives a shit, where's the grudge? Um, I don't know. It just wasn't good. Neither guy is a good, it's, it's, it's like watching TNA Steiner wrestle, um, TNA Steiner. Uh, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, no serious botches. Um, but close, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The restart for the heel to get the win, like for him to cash into was just super lame. Um, I don't know. I, I, I gave it a dud. I, I hated this. I hated the whole vibe. Was not into it at all. Dud for me. I have to act on one thing. Fuck Crimson. Yeah. Tell the story one day. Not <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and <laughs> get into it. Uh, I didn't give it a dud. I gave it a beer just because they went out there and they tried. But goddamn, like, why Why is he Anthony Merriweather Mayweather now? Like, what happened to Crimson? And why the fuck are you wasting, like, your mid-card, like, good title on these two old fucking goofs? Like, when you have 
bigger, better names and younger guys on your roster yeah. could be in this spot. The match was fucking boring. That botched tope from Crimson, where he, it was like it was he just did a dive to his fucking head. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. It was so bad. Oh man, that's he like he looked like he wanted to do a flip at the last second, and it just I don't know. It was fucking yeah. horrible, fucking trash. Uh, but it, it was like it looked like what uh, Ultimo Dragon did on the WCW pay per view, but like a completely fucked botched version of that. Like it was just fucking yeah, it was garbage. Fuck it, fuck off. Like get the belt on some fresh talent, get these guys out of here. Yeah. Like who the yeah, fuck is Jack Stane? Like I know who he is. Like he was cool in like the NWA like eight years ago. Like um, I listen, Jack. No one, no one in 2022 is going to this event to watch Jack Stane wrestle. No, one. no, not one single no. soul in that damn building. And there weren't very many of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, not, not, none of them are going to see Jackson Russell. Let's keep it rolling here. The next match is Kenzie Page and Ella Envy versus the Hex for the NWA Women's Tag Team Championships. I like the teal belts. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, Hex seemed like a very legit tag team and they tried to lead the match. Um, but Paige and Envy, I don't think either one of them are ready for that spot. They looked very green. Um, the effort was there, but the execution definitely wasn't. And I genuinely felt bad for Hex cause they looked like a solid team and they looked like at the end of the match, they were kind of pissed about how it went. Um, so I think they deserve better. Um, I gave it a beer in three quarters. Um, could have been up to two maybe, but it's mostly just for hex. I do think that they're a pretty formidable tag team. They worked really well together. Uh, and it makes sense that they're the NWA women's tag team champions. Um, what do you think about this one? Wex? Yeah, I could literally just see the lack of experience throughout this entire match. Uh, like you could tell these girls are green. Like there's yep. a lot of feeding, a lot of standing around, a lot of hesitating on just everything. Like it wasn't horrible. Like just, you, just like you said, just it, you could tell the lack of experience. You could just see the greenness and yeah, they are a legit tag team. Like the hex, they just went on like a, they were kept touting. Oh, they just came over from like a European tour defending the, yeah. the you know, defending the titles over there or whatever. But yeah, I gave it a beer. It was just, yeah, just like you said, pretty empowered. They were not ready for the spot. They, uh, no Kenzie page needs to do some more reps down there at, uh, new South. Yeah. Something like that. Because they even uh, mentioned that on commentary, but yeah, she needs a, uh, or maybe just she's not. I've never really seen her work in a tag team. Maybe she's just better off doing that single stuff. I think they just need more. They just need, you know, they're just wet. They're behind young. Ears. They're like, yeah, need to take some more. Really young, like in their early twenties. Um, it's just the way it is. Jesse, what do you think about this NWA Women's Tag Team Championship match? <sighs> Closest to a dud that I have. Which is oh wow, okay. Point wasn't five. for you. No, not at all. I mean. The way they worked, didn't dig it. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't all the way, like, man, it it's hard. And I know it's difficult for that entire crowd. I just don't know that their women's division really, like, has anything to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially enough, like, enough weight to carry even a tag team, like, title storyline. Like, I feel like they don't have enough season workers to do that and also have a decent like singles you know focus we haven't yeah. we AEW haven't, doesn't even have women's tag titles and they have a way deeper roster exactly so. yeah, ex- yeah, good yeah and AEW also got thunder from NWA which was very <laughs> smart pickup of the decade absolutely sure, definitely. all right let's keep it rolling 
What do we have here? Uh, oh yeah. So I did like the fact that they recap. Hey, first of all, have I said how much Velvet Sky is absolutely useless and like everything about her voice was trash on this entire show? Like God, she was the worst. Like ugh, she is the worst thing. Um, anyway, there, I did like the fact they did like a recap for the tournament for the junior heavyweight championship here. That was like a package. It felt, uh, like a good way to get the crowd up to speed. Um, and I love the new belt. I think the new junior heavyweight championship belt is beautiful. Um, so the match here is Colby Carino, Darius Lockhart, Homicide, and Austin Aries. Colby Carino is an absolute star. The match is definitely like definitely. Close to match of the night. Um, but that's not to say it was an amazing match. It was very good, but it should have been longer. Like, they definitely, like, I don't I don't understand who timed this show, but, like, this match definitely needed five to ten minutes minimum more than what they got. Um, I thought it was a great battle between all four guys. I thought it was blended well. I thought it was just short, and there were definitely some stutter steps in there. And also the biggest thing to me, I think Homicide was the worst possible option out of all these guys to be the first junior heavyweight champion. Like, the worst possible option. Like, I just, booking-wise, there's no... There's no money in him as champion with him defending it. I just don't see that. Maybe him chasing it, maybe him competing for it, maybe, but him as champ, no money. Um, all that being said, I give it three and three quarter. Could could be convinced to go with four beers on it. Very, very good match. Um, hats off to everybody involved. Colby Carino is an absolute star. Jesse, where are you at on it? Man, I'm, I went two and a half. I, I, I don't love the match. I don't love wow, the booking. I, love I will it. say... The homicide thing, you and I disagree. Because NWA is has to reinvent what they're doing at the moment. They have to fucking have someone that people care about. You have to look at homicide, Eddie Kingston, the whole deal. And as you're watching all of that from independent wrestlers who really fucking love what they do, like they're all in the same train. And I think that um, I I think homicide is valid because of that. Mm. I'm also, I I also went to fucking every week of TNA for two years from two to two to four. That's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not, I don't mind homicide. And again, like I could definitely see him working the program. I'm not saying not have it ever. I just feel like, I agree. They need to do something different. I think to me, like, dude, pull the trigger, put it on Lockhart or put it on Carino. The, the, either one of the young guys, to me, that makes more sense. Or even Austin Aries, if you want that veteran. Like, to no. me, that makes more sense than Homicide. To me, he literally well, makes the least amount of sense. But yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, fuck Austin Aries, first of all. Second of all, as this whole thing develops, I love the idea of Colby Carino, but don't we love the chase? Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that you were just saying. Like, literally, like, first note I has, like, all right, so we got fucking Austin Aries, an old-ass homicide out here, when this really could have been just Darius Lockhart versus Colby Carino, because these are the young guys, these oh, are the stars, so good. these are the guys you need to push. And, like, they're doing, I mean, they had the best work in this match. There yeah, was definitely. some horrible fucking camera work again here, uh, and just... I'm tired. Like Austin Aries has that go away heat, just like you do with Crimson, and I still have that with Crimson too. I just I'm tired of seeing Austin Aries and Homicide. He's just he, I just don't give a fuck about Homicide. There's never been anything that I'm just like, oh yeah, I really like this guy. He's just like he's he's just a random TNA guy to me. Like he's just I know some people love him and they have like the passion, but he's just a 
He's a guy to me, and he's definitely the wrong, absolute wrong choice. Should have been a lot harder. Carino, I went two and a half beers. Just same, same, same thing as Jesse because that just <clears throat> tired of this this trend of the NWA just pushing the wrong people, booking just ah, Billy, what are you doing, dude? What you doing, Billy? Well, today yeah. was not the greatest day he's ever known. I can tell you that. Um, let's go <laughs> on to the next match here. It's Smiley Kylie, Chelsea Green versus Camille for the NWA Women's Championship. This is this is my match of the night. It was very good. Camille has come so far in, in the ring. Like As a wrestler, she is significantly better than the last time I saw her, so I was so surprised. I thought... Dude, this was very good. Chelsea Green looked way better in this match than I've seen her in previous matches. Um, Kylie, I was kind of tense. I didn't know because I know that she's kind of been off again, on again, off again, on again, off again, whatever. And it's like you never know how that's going to work with ring rust, with whatever. Um, I-, I thought it was really well booked. I thought it was great timing, great tempo. Everything felt solid. The Tower of Power in the corner was great, really well done. The crowd was hot for it. Everything you want in a title match, they had it here. Four beers. I, I mean – Four beers. Very good. Could have been great. Could have been great. Wasn't quite great, but very, very good. Four beers to me. Um, Wex, right back to you. Where are you at on it? I didn't quite go that high, but I did give it three beers. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect in this match just because, like you said, Kylie is kind of like retired then came back or whatever. And uh, Camille's, you know, still kind of green, but it wasn't very bad. I can uh, – like Kylie Ray was actually very smooth. Her super kicks she was looked so great. Good. She was very just good. She was very Everything good. was very fluid with her and like timed well. And uh, yeah, I just – it's crazy. Um, Like you said, some of those cool three-way spots. And Camille has definitely improved since some of like the earlier shit I've yeah. seen her in NWA. But she – you know, you could definitely tell she could still use some work. Kind of like yeah. kind of like Jade Cargill. You can tell she's improving, but like – Yes. Of course, yes. she's going to still example. keep working. That's a great example, yeah. That's a, great, yeah, that's a uh, great comparison for sure. But I went three beers right there. That's solid. Jesse, where you at on it? I went five. Ooh, love it. Wow. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I'm really not. It's same reasons. Okay, love to death. I love that we're knocking this out, by the way. We want to keep it short for you guys for an hour, and we got some good stuff coming up, so we're going to start banging these out, these last few, okay? Um, the next one, not really much to talk about here. Fucking it's Rodney Mack That's my dud. It, yeah, I gave it a half a year. It made me sad. It genuinely made me sad for both guys. Like at one point I was legit nervous that like Tyrus was going to have a heart attack in the ring. Like I like he was laying on his side, breathing so heavy that his lips were blue. Like like it was re- like I was like, dude, this could be really and, it, and they just went home right after that. And Roddy Mack was gassed like it felt it just I, I felt bad for both guys. And that's very rare where like. I was embarrassed for the talent in the ring. It was it was not a good match. They were both blown, and they got what? Like they, the whole match was like six minutes, maybe. It was rough. That that botched superplex almost c- could have killed one of them. Oh god, it was just dude. I went seriously. Zero. Mine mm. mine was dead. Who the yeah. fuck wants to pay money to watch Rodney Mack and Brodus Clay fight on pay per view in 2022? Why the fuck is your television title on goddamn Brodus Clay or Tyrus, whatever the fuck he's called now? Like. No disrespect to Rodney Mag. Back in the day, he was cool, but Tyrus yeah. has always been ass. Right, yeah. you He's this. never been good. Here's why. This match was a waste of goddamn time, a crowd killer. It was at least short. And his yeah. finish, the heart punch. Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? We're doing what? heart punches in 2022 on pay-per-view? Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Ugh. The reason that that fucking title is on that person is because of conservative stuff. 
Oh, God. Yeah, and fuck him with that Fox News bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. Let's go to the (laughs) next match. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, The next match is the Crockett Cup Finals. Uh, Williams and Smith somehow found a little bit of youth, and it was was their better match for sure. Uh, And it's the Briscoes. They're easily the best team here. It's not even close. Um, I loved Harry Smith back in the day. Um, I loved Doug Williams back in the day, but both guys just looked significantly slower. The Briscoes did carry the majority of it though. And they carried it to being an above average match. Actually, it was, it was good. Um, the finish was great. Even the J driller into that elbow drop was very well done. Um, three and a half beers could have, should have been four and a half to even five beers. If it had been probably La rebellion. I think they might have been a better fit there. Uh, but I get it this way. You can have different storylines to go with for your tag titles. And there's three or four teams involved now that, you know, one of them beat the tag chain. I mean, there's, there's a lot of meat on the bone booking wise. So I get it. Um, but yeah, three and a half beers for me. Um, quick one from you, Jesse, what do you think about it? I love it. That's great. I like, <laughs> I was a four beer on the actual match. I love that. That's how everything ended out. Yeah. Also because I want to see him everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see something good happen for the Briscoes. Yeah. I, I think it's a work. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it could be pro wrestling. Could be a work. I really do. Wex, where you at on it? I agree. It was a slightly above average tag match. Uh, three and a quarter beers, not the best match in the tournament, but you know, it was pretty decent. The second half really heated up, which made yeah. it good. Some of those near falls and stuff, but yeah, pretty much everything else you said, Doug Williams, just looking old as fuck. Yep. And we are here to the world's heavyweight championship. I love that they keep they keep that S there. I love that they keep it. it I don't know why it's a, it's a, such a small thing, but to me, it feels very NWA, and that's cool. Um, it's this match is a sports entertainment match, though. That's the problem. That's what Cardona does, and he does it really well. Um, and it was done well, but I thought that maybe Cardona missed this opportunity. He he wrestled it the way he wrestles on GCW or anywhere else, which was great. But I think that he could have shown because Aldis is a great. He's a he he has been the poster boy for that NWO or NWO NWA style, and like I think that Cardona could wrestle that style. I think it could have been a great wrestling match. I really do think it could have it could have been. But they went the sports entertainment route with it. That's fine. That's fine. I just feel like this crowd, honestly, the crowd was too small, and that's what hurt it. If it, if, if Cardona had done his thing and it had been 2,000 people as opposed to maybe 200, if, and I'm being generous to 200, um, it probably would have felt better. There would have been a much bigger crowd reaction. But I don't know. Jarrett doing absolutely nothing for the entire thing and then like halfway through kind of becoming way more involved, and it just it just wasn't – I gave it two and a half beers. It was below average. And I really like what Cardona has been doing, but I thought this sucked. I didn't think it was, I really want, I wanted to love it. It didn't suck. It was just not, it was below average. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Wax, where you at on it? I mean, I didn't go below average. I just went right in the middle, three beers on it. I will say the, their fucking production value, like the little video package before was fucking horrible. It looks like something I could have made in like iMovie in 2007. Yeah, it, was bad. it was just yeah. garbage. Yeah. Like, but Matt Cardone, his character work was fantastic in this match. Literally, yeah. I have this was a WWE main event style match. Yeah. Cardone is brilliant. Just like you said, more a better a better crowd and a bigger crowd. And that crowd was like poorly yeah. lit too. And like the way the new setup is at the fairgrounds, it's shitty. It's not nearly good. If it was at the old fairgrounds, it would have been fucking perfect. The yeah, old, it would have. It would have looked, looked more the fairgrounds, yeah. But, yeah. 
Uh, the ending was fucking weak. Thought it was fucking whack. They had to like try to like so hard to explain on commentary. I love Cardona flipping off the commentary desk and fucking with Tim Storm. That was good shit. But yeah. uh, overall, ending was weak. Could have been better. Three beers. That is overall it was kind of weak. Could have been better. That's the vibe of NWA Crockett Cup to me. Oh yeah, um, just the- it's kind of weak. Could have been better. It wasn't the worst. Um, but I will say that I'm gonna have to be very enticed to buy a very good like card to cover the NWA again on the show. To be completely honest with you, um, no more just, old washed up guys that no one gives yeah. a fuck about. Like yeah. we want to see some good wrestling. God damn it. Agreed. 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 And we do have a lot of good wrestling coming up. Uh, we are officially into kayfabe uh, comparisons WrestleMania season with next week's show. It's going to be WWF's WrestleMania 13. Featuring one of, if not the most iconic WrestleMania match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the double turn, the greatest double turn in the history of the business. Um, I'm super hype on that one, and that's going up against um, a very underrated WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18, um, WrestleMania 17 being touted as like one of the greatest ones of all time. People tend to like skim over 18, or they only talk about um, the Hogan Rock match, which is fair. That Hogan Rock match is arguably in the top five most iconic WWE. Um, sports entertainment matches, if that makes sense. Um, I'm excited about it. How you guys feel about doing WrestleMania 13 versus WrestleMania 18 next week, Wix? Oh, I am definitely excited. Uh, two really great WrestleManias. My, one of my favorite Stone Cold matches of all time. One against Bret Hart right there. It's going to be really good. I'm excited. Uh, and we know it's going to be better than the NWA. We do. <laughs> Double nostalgia episode, but it's going to be a banger next week for sure. Uh, Jesse, how you feeling about uh, WrestleMania 13, WrestleMania 18, baby? I love 13 because the main event is the weirdest shit ever. Yeah, it's a weird main event. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it, it's a weird I, one. I love that, but also that double turn match is iconic, bro. Really I'm like hype just most, knowing that I'm going to get to watch it again. Like, <laughs> Really the most iconic. Uh, 18 also, there's a lot. Yeah. I, I love everyone on that card. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Uh, two weeks from that, from that show is going to be the current WrestleMania. We're doing two nights, WrestleMania Night 1 versus WrestleMania Night 2. Um, there's just so much content that we just can only do that one WrestleMania in a show and make it a timely show. So uh, I'm excited for the next two weeks, man. WrestleMania season is looking up for the KFA boys at least. And, um, you know, this is where we go through the socials and we talk about where you can find me. You can find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. You can find the show at Kfabe.com everywhere except for on the TikTok. And it's at Kfabe.com pod. We're also just Kfabe comparisons on YouTube. Be sure to find us there. Um, and we've been building a lot of content here. So before I get the, uh, the scripts from you guys, um, last week we got a pop off on TikTok because we had a nice little trivia question that Jesse brought in. We were talking about, you know, the hot topic of the time, which was Scott Hall. And um, we got a lot of engagement on it. You guys loved it, and we loved your input here. So I have a very obscure um, trivia question for the two of you, and it is about arguably one of the biggest free agents right now, Cody Rhodes, the rumors, everything happening, right? So we know that Cody Rhodes left uh, WWE doing the Stardust character, right? So he'd been doing it for a few years. He left. He went back to being Cody Rhodes. He wanted to be Cody Rhodes again in WWE. They wouldn't let him. He left. He built his name. He's coming back bigger than ever as Cody Rhodes, right? So my question to you is, forgetting Stardust, as Cody Rhodes, who did he wrestle last as Cody Rhodes in the WWE? Not Stardust, but who did he wrestle last as Cody Rhodes in the as WWE? Cody Rhodes... 
Jesus. Uh, I mean, gold dust. No, not only gold. because of equation. I would say <sighs> Dolph. It's not Dolph. It's not, not Goldust or it's not Dolph. It is another Rand- legacy wrestler. Randy Orton. No. Ted DiBiase Jr. Nope. <laughs> uh, the Undertaker. Shit. Nope. Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> no. no. Um, one of the Usos. No. Fuck. Uh, so that's a legacy wrestler? The legacy wrestler. Oh, Michael McGillicuddy. Also known as... Uh, Curtis Axel. Yes. His last match is losing to Curtis Axel and Ryback. What a fucking clutch. And Ryback. And Ryback. What a clutch. At least he was a Curtis Axel at that point. He wasn't losing to Michael McGillicuddy. True. True, true, true. Like, uh, definitely on the like, way down. Did, like, did Vince do that on purpose? He was just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fucking hilarious. Call him Michael McGillicuddy. Of course McGillicuddy. he did. Vince is an asshole. We all know that. Yeah. That's why we love him, though. Gotta love Uncle Vinny. Wex, where can people find you, man? <laughs> you can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all social medias. And we're really loving that feedback. We're loving that input. Loving the engagement. Loving to hear it, guys. Yeah, man. We're excited. Jesse, where can folks find you, man? Jesse Baker Nash at Instagram and Twitter. Jesse Baker, regular on Facebook. Also, exit in for hurry back. Yeah. Accident, hurry back for the year. Rock block. Uh, yeah. Sure. Rock block. God damn. <laughs> That's what's going on. So. That's going to do it for us this week, guys. We will see you next week. We're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.